Welcome to the North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. As he mentioned that we were missionaries for years and years and years and years and years and years. Just me. <laughs> I've been instructed here. But... Uh, which is in a way true because when, I, when we started, uh, Pastor Chris's grandpa, Mel, was pastor in Bridgeport and I preached there. And then his dad became, was a youth pastor there, coaching basketball as well and spending all his time at the gym. <laughs> and then if we went to Broken Bowl, then I was there as well and it's a privilege to come and preach again the grandson's church, pastoring this church, and it's an heritage that God has given us, and it's a privilege for us to share what God is doing in our lives. I hope it blesses you. I pray that you'll have your hearts open as God will come and touch your heart and meet your needs this morning. Before I go any further, uh, this is my wife, Tina. She's from um, uh, Gillette, Wyoming, <laughs> and I let her agree. <laughs> That's how her dad says Wyoming, Wyoming. Uh, he's a 6'2", 200 and some pounds cowboy. And um, I'm just an Indian. But, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a joy to be here. Before I continue, I'll have Tina greet. Good morning, uh, everyone. It's so wonderful to be with you here this morning. I was so ministered to during the worship service and during pastor's time where he was instructing us about how we need to say yes all the time. Even this morning, before you said that, I was, as we were singing these words, saying every day I need to be saying yes. I need to say yes again today. You say yes again tomorrow, and uh, that that just being open and saying God yes every single time doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or if you've been a missionary or pastor or whatever. There's still every single day you have to say yes to the kingdom of God, to that lordship of God in your life. As Manuel said, I grew up in uh, Wyoming. I'm from Wyoming. Actually, uh, Kathleen Hawker's grandfather was my pastor, and at that uh, in that time, my family was not Christian. But I, I was thinking about it this morning. There was a time when the kingdom of God intervened in our lives, when we said yes, we submitted to that lordship of Christ. And I had this picture this morning as the Bible describes the kingdom of God intervening on earth. It's like this rock that's hewn out of a mountain, but not by a human hand, by a divine hand. That divine hand brings that rock, and it throws it, it hurls at the feet of this statue, and that statue represents all the kingdoms of this world. And that's what happens when the... When the Kingdom of God comes into your life. We talk about peace and everything, but there's also a shattering. There's a shattering of some kingdom that is there in your life. And that's what happened to my family. It broke generations of alcohol addiction. It broke generations of living in a, in a society that, that tolerated violence. It, it broke generations of a curse. And you, you can ask a lot of people in this room, if you're here for the first time or if you don't understand what we're talking about, you can ask a lot of people what it meant when the kingdom of God intervened in their lives. You can ask anyone in this room what it meant to them to get an idea of what that is like. It's an earth-shattering, a life-shattering event that changes everything. And I encourage you this morning to, to open your hearts up and say yes to the kingdom of God in your life no matter where you are. If you've never done that before or if you've done that 40, 50, 60 years ago, you can say yes to the kingdom of God this morning. I want to share just very briefly our journey a little bit. 
that uh, from Wyoming, and like I said, my, my family was not saved or anything, but God picked me up from there and he had a plan for my life. I met Manuel at Bible College in, uh, in uh, Northwest University in Seattle, and uh, we pastored in Wyoming for about seven years before going to the mission field. We were uh, about 15 years in the country of Madagascar, which is uh, an island off the coast of uh, South Africa, and uh, very much uh, traditional African uh, religion type of a place. And uh, after about 15 years there, we had no plan of, of changing. We were thinking of changing, going to a country nearby that was a very closed country. But uh, as we were going back and forth to that, uh, we ended up in, in France for uh, a year, we said. We would be in France a year, and Manuel would travel back and forth to these countries. And uh, God just really uh, opened our eyes to the need that there is in France. And you know what? It doesn't matter what the level of the economic, uh, the economic level of the country is. There's, still, there's a need for the gospel. In France, it's very much different from uh, Madagascar. People are what we call uh, secularists, or they have a secular mindset. That means that basically they don't really think about God or include him in their, in their life and their everyday decisions. And uh, we, but we feel that all of these years, uh, decades that, you know, we have lamented over the fact that Europeans won't respond to the gospel, we feel that there's a change coming right now. And that God has put, placed us in this position to work with people who are doing church planting and uh, doing uh, training for uh, pastors, training for people who want to be in any level of ministry. God has opened that door for us to work with the Assemblies of God of France and uh, to, to work with them to plant churches. Their vision is to plant, in the next five to ten years, they'd like to plant 600 churches in France. And we believe that God has given that vision and that God has asked us to collaborate with them. And we just want to play a short video before Manuel speaks, and uh, then he'll be taking the word. challenge, but at the same time we believe that that need in their heart, there's a yearning in their heart, there's a need in their heart. collaborate with them and uh, somehow accomplish what God is doing and God has for them, for us in France. That's a little video that we put together in France at midnight of one evening and uh, it 
it's not as professional probably to the standard of United States, but it's okay for us. <laughs> uh, one, one thing we forgot to say is uh, we have two children. Uh, we never forget them. And uh, they grew up in Africa, graduated school in Nairobi. And my daughter is married. She's 26 now. And our, and our son, he's 23, working both of them in Indianapolis. So we thank you for praying for him and for us. Amen. We appreciate your prayers because that's the important thing that we can ask from you is your prayers. That God will intervene in our lives and in the lives of the people in France. One thing I, I realize I'm learning and uh, maybe not yet learned that we go not as someone who has answers to all the problem. We go as someone who's broken to the broken people. When you go, uh, sometimes we have an idea that somehow I know certain things, therefore I go and tell them. It, 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 in some ways, yes. In some ways, they also know something to tell me. So uh, it, it, sometimes God puts you through the circumstances. I remember the first day I landed with our two little kids in Madagascar, Africa. And the next day they said, you're going to preach to the pastors. There were about 100 people, 40, 50 pastors. In those days, there were only 40, 50 churches. Today, they have more than 1,000 churches in Madagascar. And, uh, and yeah, glory to God. And... Uh, and so they asked me to preach in French. I just learned French, coming straight there, three months, six months, and I didn't have a clue. I prepared a sermon for 45 minutes, and I finished in 10 minutes. You, you, you want to feel, you feel like you want to hide from all of them. One of the pastors said, do you have any more else, anything else to say? I said, uh, no, I finished my sermon. <laughs> That's all I can do in, in um, French. But you don't have the same blessings this morning. I'm going to continue anyway. <laughs> there is no 10-minute stop here. Uh, I hope so. And, uh, and there's a humiliation that comes. I remember uh, one of the evangelistic meetings, a pastor invited me, and he said, come preach in the evangelistic meeting. We had a big tent bought by Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. We call it BGMC in Assembly of God. And they bought us a big tent that would seat about 500 to 750 people, maybe even 1,000 people with the children. And uh, I go there and I preach. At the end of it, I call for salvation. Two drunk people came forward. I said, God, they don't understand my language or what? And, and I, I'm, I'm feeling humiliated. So the next day I told the pastor, I'm not coming back. I'll never do this again. I'll never want to be humiliated. And the pastor then, he goes on to say the next morning, he says, well, one of the two guys and uh, pretty soon a couple other guys came and they said one of those guys was the chief witch doctor in that region. The next day he came and burned everything and half of the village followed him and they have a big church. He's now an elder in the church. I said, well, I feel like Billy Graham now. No. <laughs> it's funny how one time you feel humiliated and your human nature takes you to compare yourself to something that you're not. You're not in a state of humiliation. At the same time, you're not in a state of where you call yourself you're somebody who you're not. I mean, how many of us want to, we all want to be good Samaritans. Nobody wants to be the guy that's get beaten up. You, you, you need somebody to get beat up in order to have a good Samaritan. What I'm trying to say this morning is God is calling you and I to a state where we abandon completely to his will. 
to his guidance. And he, he wants to look at us through the identity that he gave us and he gives us. This morning, if you have your Bible, if you can turn to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10. That's all I want to talk about um, it's Paul doing his missionary journey. He comes from Athens and he comes into Corinth. And this is what happens. And this morning I want you to, as Paul embraced the mission, I want you and I to embrace the mission and say yes every day to God. Embrace the mission every day. In Acts chapter 18 verse 9 and 10, this is what it says. One night the Lord spoke to Paul. It's always good that God comes at nighttime and the time of discouragement. And this is what he says to Paul in a vision. He says, do not be afraid. When God says, do not be afraid, it's time to be afraid. He's not going to come and tell you, do not be afraid when you feel like a cool guy, you know, that nothing is happening. When he comes and says, do not be afraid, you better be afraid. Your boat is sinking. Like pastor was saying, you're going through times where depression might come. You're going through times your sickness might feel like overwhelming you. And that's when Jesus intervenes, interferes, disturbs us by saying, do not be afraid. And he goes on to say, for I am with you. Wow. That's a powerful, powerful statement. The ramifications are great. If we can only understand the glimpse of his presence in our lives. And the impact of his presence in our lives. If I can only understand a little bit of it. And hopefully this morning in the next few minutes. We can, we can understand that presence. And what it takes to enjoy God's presence in our life. I am with you. And no one is going to attack you and harm you. I mean somebody is already ready to do that. Because I have many people in this city. In other words, what he's saying is, God is trying to tell us this, it's not about you and I. Embracing his mission is not about you and I. We are not the end of all of our existence. I'll repeat that again. We are not the end. I am not the end of all of my existence. There's something beyond me, the reason that I exist. Isn't it? I am not the end. So I need to go deeper Deeper with Jesus. Ask the deeper questions. So my first point is simply this. This morning, God has a world-sized role. There it is. God has a world-sized role for every Christian in his global redemptive purpose. God has a world-sized role for you and I. You know what? Sometimes you think, well, I am just sitting here in the pew and I work. I enjoy my job, enjoy my family. I do some ministry. But it doesn't look like I have a world-sized role. You know what? You and I have a world-sized role. We need to accept. You need, you need to embrace that mission. What does that mean? I, I, I grew up in India, by the way. I grew up in India for my first 22 years of my life. And I grew up in a city of 10 million people. Then I go to Wyoming. <laughs> My wife and I pastored in a town of 800 people in the 1980s, early late 80s, in a town called Hannah, Wyoming. I mean, nobody would have heard or gone through because you have no business there. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going, God, what's going on? And I, I worked in Africa for 15 years and lived and pastored in America, worked in Europe, and I thought I could do the world size role. 
You know what? It's, it's not easy. What are the implications? The implication of God asking you and I to play a world-sized role has several ramifications, several cosmic consequences. A simple thing. If you give me, I, heard, I hear that Nebraska has the best steak in the world. Isn't it? Corn-fed, juicy, big. I've eaten several of them. Beautiful steak. If you give me a choice between the Nebraska corn-fed, whatever it is, and, and a beautiful, juicy, wonderful steak. And then on the other hand, you give me a choice of chicken tikka masala with naan. What am I going to choose? Yeah. My default mode, in spite of you might have written 100 pages of thesis saying how great the steak is, my default mode says, go for that. God has to do a breakup of my mentality in order for me to place myself into the world size role. Because automatically, I fall to the default mode. When God offers a stake, I go to this. This is what controls me. I, I, I remember my wife grew up, um, say, talking to this, my wife grew up in the mountains, of so Bighorn Mountains. I don't know if you guys know, it's in Wyoming. Um, Nebraska has some, some mountains in the sand hills, isn't it? Uh, and Omaha, uh, rolling hills. But, <laughs> I mean, for me, everything is mountain. I grew up in India, so. <laughs> uh, uh, my wife grew up in mountains. We, we go on a vacation. Somebody invited on a vacation to go up the mountains. And I grew up, when I take vacation, I go where people are. Walmart, McDonald's, all those things. My wife loves mountains and nobody. Being there for vacation. So we go up to the mountains and I look at it. Is this vacation? No. My default mode says this is not vacation for you. Your vacation is where millions of people are. Her vacation is where nobody is there except the mountains. And she says, see this beautiful tree? I said, I saw that tree way out there. <laughs> she says, beautiful bird. Yeah, I've seen it. Why come all the way here when nobody is here? It's boring. Do you understand? What I have tried to do is, I have, I have locked the part of brain that God created in me and put the keys inside so that I don't understand his creation, his love that she loves. World size role demands that you broke, break open that lock. World size role. Ramification, in other words, give up your preferences. I love chicken tikka masala. Eat the steak, please. <laughs> I, I, I very well remember a few years ago, several years ago, in Lexington, Nebraska, they asked me to preach in one of the meetings. And uh, I, they asked me to come and do clay pigeon shooting. It's a men's ministry. They tried to make a man out of me. I've never touched a gun in my life. I'm sorry. You might think I'm a communist. But... <laughs> I've never touched a gun in my life. I don't want to go hunting. I would rather go to Safeway and buy the meat. I mean, I would rather, I, I'm not a fisherman. I'm sorry, her dad, my father-in-law, he's a fisherman. He takes me to fishing, eight hours standing there talking with him, and he talks two words per hour. Anyway. <laughs> and we're sitting eight hours bored. You know, you understand what I'm trying to say. And they asked me to shoot a clay pigeon. I missed all of them, 45 of them. 
And Pastor Leroy was the uh, men's ministry director. He gave me a gun as a gift. And that evening they said they started a club called Clay Pigeon Club, and I was the president of it. The funny thing was he gave me two bullets, <laughs> extra bullets. I put it in my Bible bag, and next day I'm flying to Los Angeles. <laughs> I fit the profile, I know. But <laughs> going, going straight to Guantanamo Bay. But, 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 but the point I'm trying to say is, my views about several things can be different than how I grew up. To play a world-sized role, I need to understand the presence of God in my life. That breaks open all my world, so-called world. And that's what he says in John chapter 15, verse um, 5. I am the vine, you are the Branches, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. There's a connection. He says, abiding in me is where I give you the passion for people. Abide, that's world size role. Abiding in me is where I give you the strength, the power. Abiding in me is where I give the vision for the world. World size role. You will never come to the best version of yourself until you embrace the reality that God is present in your life and your world needs to be shattered. And you need to be, that's what, Jesus, that's what Peter says. He said, you are aliens. You are unalienated aliens, somebody said. An unalienated alien is somebody who says, yeah, I might have, I might have my cultural aspects of India or Africa or America or Madagascar, but I belong to God. Where he says, break open those restrictions and embrace my mission. I say, God, help me. Help me. It's a, it's, a, it's a bigger than you. It's a bigger than you. When I say bigger than you, I just do not want to say we need all of us. Yes, we need all of us to do the mission of God. But bigger than you also has a sense that says, step up to the plate yourself. There's a mechanic in Gillette, Wyoming. I take my car there recently, many times, and it's called Cowboy Up Garage. <laughs> Basically, Jesus is telling Paul, Cowboy Up, do not be afraid. I am with you. Take down and tear down the world and thinking, the concepts, the paradigms that you've built and tear it down because I'm instilling in you a love for Athens, a love for Corinth, a love for Malagasy, a love for Nebraskans, a love for Wyoming, a love for mountains, a love for Walmart and McDonald's as well. <laughs> Chicken tikka masala as well. My second point is simply this from this passage, that what God is trying to tell us is this. We need to have a missional approach. A missional approach. What do I mean by that, a missional approach? There is no one-size-fits-all method. When I minister to somebody in France, my number one concern is not my satisfaction. Let it, let it sink in yourself. The number one concern becomes when we minister, when we talk about God, when we say the four spiritual laws, when we talk about the two questions of life, whatever method you use, the ultimate interest becomes, I did my testimony. I am satisfied. God says, no. Is he satisfied? 
for him to be satisfied, then I have to take a missional approach. What is this aching in his heart, not in my heart? What is he thinking in this world? How can I understand him? Why does he think the way he thinks? I am, I am a man full of answers, guys, that interests nobody. I can answer any subject in this world. You call me about nuclear physics, I can come up with some answer. May not be true. <laughs> Might not make sense to you, but it makes sense to me. But God is not calling us, you and I, to make sense to myself, to ourselves. He's saying, does it make sense to him from his background? Are you willing to give your concerns and see where he's coming from, where she is coming from? There is no one size fits all method. We have to have, that's what I mean by missional approach. I know the word has been used several times, many times people use it. The simple, simple explanation I could give is a missional approach concerns the other rather than you. Concerns other situations, others' background. And, and, and God, you know what? God never grows two people the same way. Did you know that? I mean, he wrestled with Jacob. But he sent the fish to Jonah, isn't it? Can you imagine God sending fish all the time in our lives? We can say, here comes the fish again. I'm done for. It is a missional approach. He grows you according to the experience, to your passions, to your abilities, to your story. We sang the song, your past has been redeemed. Your past is unique to yourself. And he says, I will grow you based upon your story, your experience, because nothing is wasted in your life. Everything is redeemed. That's the God we serve. That is the missional approach I talk about. I, I, I tell the story several years ago. I, I five sisters and a brother. A couple of them passed away in the, in the journey that we lived but when I was five, seven years old, my dad and mom took us to a World Trade Fair in India. When you go to World Trade Fair, there are thousands, maybe even millions of people. I was seven years old. My younger sister at that time was five years old. And we were all going, seven of us, my dad and mom, once a year, they do this to us just to take us out, goes to this international exposition of World Trade Fair. We walk around, thousands of people, we watch skits, dramas, and my dad and mom buys us the uh, candy, what is that, uh, cotton candy, <laughs> and all those things. We enjoy once a year, that's all they could do, they were not very rich people, um, and uh, my dad and mom said, let's go the other side. So we go there, two, two hours, three hours later, we look around, my younger sister was not with us. Now you folks think we all look alike, you know, but... You can't you can just go tell a girl, hey, you look like my sister, be my sister. No. But my, 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 my dad and mom did not say, you know, my dad did not say, you know what, we have four other daughters, why worry about the one that's lost? There is no one size fit all on that day in, the, in my father's heart. It was that unique daughter that was lost needed to be found. A missional approach. He will do anything and everything to seek. That's what, that's what Jesus did in Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus. <laughs> he, he says, 
the Son of Man came to seek. In the redneck language, it's Son of Man came to track. The version. We usually go to Greek and Hebrew. We should also include the redneck version. But <laughs> the hunting version. But, but Cabela's version. Son of Man came to track. My dad will not leave that place until he tracked. God wants you and I to be trackers of that lost based upon the specificity of the lost one. Not based upon my satisfaction. My dad did not say, well, I searched for five hours. My job is done. Let's go home. No. It is until the mission is accomplished. Embrace that mission this, this morning. My final, my final point is simply this. God calls for the strategic. Let me put it this way. God calls for the strategic partnership that produce synergy and longevity. Or God's plan always involves partnerships that produce synergy or symbiosis. That's even more powerful. Synergy is addition. Symbiosis is just kind of multiplication. It's a simple, if you go to scientists and ask, no, he's wrong, they'll say. But forget them for today. But that's basically the sense. It was an exponential growth, an exponential impact. God wants us to partner in his mission. That's what he tells Paul. I am with you. Can you understand that? I am with you to partner with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be silent. Speak because I have partners. I have partners. He's our greatest partner. I don't know what the current reality in your life is. I know the current reality in France is simply secularism, defiance, desacralization, distortion of every dimension of life. Brokenness, broken relationships, refugee crisis, terrorism, tension, these are the realities of people's lives. But God says, when you partner with me, I'll open the doors of opportunities. This is not the time to be infused with fear because he says, do not be afraid. I'm with you. I'm with you. What a powerful concept. What a powerful reality. What a powerful promise. It's for you. It's for me. As the musicians come forward, I just want to close with this one little story. I remember when my kids were very small, our son going to a French school, he would bring drawings, scratched drawings. He'd say, Daddy, this is for you, Dad. You know what I would say? Wow, this is beautiful. I probably lied. Not probably, I lied. Confession time. Probably you did too. If you have children at all, you'll say, wow, that's an awesome Picasso. 
work. One day he brought a nice picture. And you ask him, wow, who did this? He would say, not me. The art teacher held my fingers and drew this beautiful, beautiful painting. The master artist wants to hold your fingers and draw the mission that he wants you to embrace. Would you embrace it this morning? Would you embrace his fingers in your life? It will be a beautiful drawing of your life. Forget about listening to the lies that you scratch something and people say, that's beautiful. Would you stand up with me? Would you raise your hands symbolically with a paintbrush and say, God, hold my fingers. Draw that mission. Draw that life. I'm tired of scratching, scribbling, and people calling it beautiful. That's a lie. The master artist passes by you tonight, this morning, and he wants to draw a beautiful picture of your life, of your future, of your family, of the mission that he's called you to do. Would you say yes? But he says, give me your fingers. I am with you. Abide in me. Do not be afraid. Speak. For I have other people embrace his mission. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to connect with us or if you want more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com.